Hello everyone, and welcome to Walking with the Tengu. I've chosen to associate this podcast with these creatures called Tengu, because both of their historic association with the so-called deeper principles of the martial arts, but also to just not take this all too seriously. I want you, the listener, to both have fun and learn how there are classic works of literature that contain important lessons relevant to you, even if all you care about is so-called practical combative application. In the stories and myths of Japan, there are an incredible host of strange creatures. Broadly classed, these can be kami, spirits, ayakashi, another kind of spirit, oni, demons, yurei, ghosts, and a creature known as tengu. I'm not entirely sure where they fit in Japanese mythology, but the word is often translated as goblin or demon in English. I don't particularly like this translation, as the Tengu are not generally outright evil in the sense that we use the words goblin or demon in English, though they certainly wouldn't be considered a naturally good creature. There are a few varieties of Tengu in Japanese mythology, but the general pattern is of a bird-human hybrid. They're divided into two general categories, the more bird-like Karasu Tengu, literally translated crow Tengu, and the more human-shaped Konoha Tengu, often just called a Tengu. It's not unusual for these to be depicted as having long noses and wings. There are at times portrayed as wearing the traditional outfit of a Yamabushi or Shugensha, a practitioner of Shugendo, a kind of syncretic mountain religion that mixes shamanism, Taoism, various forms of esoteric Buddhism, and Shinto. They're known for being generally mischievous and dangerous, with a penchant for starting fires and causing a lot of trouble for Buddhists. They can also teach you martial arts, but humans who cross paths with Tengu tend to regret it. The creature, known as a Tengu, has had a long and arduous journey before coming to settle as it came to be understood in Japan. It likely originated in China, where very different characteristics were ascribed to the creature. The word itself literally translates to heaven dog, and has been traditionally associated with meteors. Much like wild spirits and traditions all across the globe, the Tengu were thought to be shapeshifters and fulfilled a similar role to fox spirits in China, the Navajo skinwalker, and trolls in Norse myths. Like most shapeshifting spirits in medieval Japan and to some degree into the modern era, Tengu were considered to be mischievous and at times malignant spiritual beings. Some could be conversed with and some could train you in the martial arts. Due to their association with Yamabushi and Sohei, that is, warrior monks, a number of Japanese martial traditions have origin stories that claim their founders received instruction from Tengu while on training retreats in the mountains. It's also not uncommon to find them depicted on armor and sword ornamentation. You can find them as statues, netsuke, a, a kind of ornamental fastener, and in numerous illustrations from the late Tokugawa and Meiji eras. There are several written works that include Tengu in their illustrations. The Tengu Show was an emaki, a picture scroll given to Yagyu Muneyoshi by Kami Izumi Ise no Kami Nobutsuna, the founder of Shinkagi Ryu in 1566. It illustrates a set of kata that now go by the name of the scroll. The original no longer exists, as far as we know, but a copy is in the archives of the Hozanshi Temple in Nara. That one is signed by Yagyu Munenori of the famous Yagyu Shinkagi-ryu, one of the sword instructors to the shogun of his day, um, who was influenced by Taku and Soho, 
uh, incidentally, and wrote the work known as the Heiho Condensho, both of which we will be looking at on this podcast at some point. Another work is known as the Tengu Zoshi, another Emaki picture scroll, apparently made in 1296 that is a criticism of militant Buddhists and the monasteries they organized out of. This was to exert religious control over politics of the time. Apparently also at this time it was believed that arrogant Buddhist priests could eventually become Tengu. The two strongest Tengu were allegedly Sojobo of Kurama and Tarobo of Atago, both in Kyoto. Sojobo of Kurama is of particular interest. At times he has been called the King of the Tengu, and legend has it that he was the Tengu who taught swordsmanship and strategy to Minamoto no Yoshitsune, a legendary general during the Genpei War. The historical Minamoto no Yoshitsune is known to have been a very effective general and to have been supported by both Tendai and Shugendo Sohei, a kind of warrior monk. As Tengu have often been depicted as wearing the garb of practitioners of Shugendo, it's possible that this was the basis for the later stories involving Sojobo. Now, given that I'm calling this podcast Walking with the Tengu, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that one of the works we're going to be looking at is the Tengu Geijutsuron, the Demon Sermon on the Martial Arts by Isai Chozanshi, a samurai from the 1700s. This work is a collection of parables, similar to Aesop's fables, that are written as the tale of a swordsman who listens to a group of Tengu on Mount Kurama about the philosophy of martial arts. Needless to say, this work was the inspiration for the name. I'm hoping we too can take a little walk with a metaphorical Tengu through the pages of classical texts and have some discussions about the philosophy of martial arts as it relates to the modern practitioner. That's all for today. Please help the podcast out by sharing and telling people about it. The best way you can help us is just by letting people know that it's out there and what it's got you thinking about. Thank you for listening and talk to you again soon.